welcome to Frameline. I'm Barbara Gostowski. I'm here as usual with my favorite critic, Courtney Small. Hello, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm doing very well, thanks. Good. So Courtney and I are going to talk about a festival that's happening at TIFF. It, ha is, it has been happening for the last 10 years. It is called the TIFF Next Wave Film Festival, and it's running online through uh TIFF's digital light box. And it will be from February the 12th to the 15th. And the festival is, is free, has free films for anyone who's under 25, because it's a festival for youth by youth. The filmmakers are, you know, younger filmmakers. And the films were actually chosen by a committee of young people called the Next Wave Committee. Uh, so Courtney is going to start us off. Uh, in our discussion about this festival and the great films that are showing. Yeah, there's a wide range of, of films playing that will pretty much suit anyone's taste. And one of the ones that I saw was called Death of Nintendo. And I should preface this by saying it is not a documentary about the video game wars of the of the 90s, <laughs> even, even though Nintendo is, is very prominent in this film. And there is a, a Sega Genesis at some point. Uh, it's more a coming-of-age tale about these four friends in Manila. Um, the the main character we follow is Paulo, who is just at that is that summer, I guess, where he and his friends um, their lives are on the cusp of change. So they're very much focused on girls and their flawed notions of masculinity and what it means to to be a man. And even though there's a a girl in their group of four, they still view her as one of the guys. And so there's a whole subplot of her trying to be noticed by Paulo. And uh, a lot of the story takes place over the Easter season. So you have this whole kind of religious undertone in terms of like the, the way how Manila and the Philippines are, it's a very deeply religious society, but yet, within that deeply religious society, you have these men who have stepped out. So all these kids are essentially being raised by single mothers. Um, so their notion of masculinity comes from this myth about being circumcised. And if you were circumcised, then you'll be, you'll grow taller, women will <laughs> look at you in a different way. So there's that whole kind of through line. And also there's a, a spiritual subplot in the sense that the girl that Paolo likes is really interested in ghost stories. And they find, <clears throat> they're told this story of a particular spirit that you see, I guess, half the body in the cemetery, but if you go on Good Friday, the the demon is less powerful. So it's, you know, the kids kind of go on this covert adventure to find that. And there's all of these different through lines going through and everything that connects is the Nintendo system that they play. It's like kind of what bonds them, what grounds them. Whenever they play it, the power always goes off or the volcano starts to erupt a little bit more. So there's, there's a lot going on in this I'm film. I'm laughing, and but is it a comedy? It is. It is. It's a, okay, it's a coming of age comedy. Um, the, you know, growing up in, in that era, I, I understand why everything is tied to the Nintendo system, because back in the 90s, kids were obsessed with with Nintendo and 
a lot of your bonding moments happened while playing Nintendo. So I think the film does a good job of getting that right. I do feel that it it bites off a little more than it could chew, though, because it goes in so many different directions that by the time they loop back to the main narrative towards the end, it's like, oh, right, we forgot that we still have to deal with X, Y, and Z. And there's a lot of interesting commentary about masculinity, um, the lack of, of proper male role models in the household that I, I wish was explored a bit more in depth. Um, so, it, you know, it, it does entertain, but I was left kind of wanting more. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it, it's one that people should see, um, but just know that it goes a lot of different places. Wow. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. And another coming of age tale that I liked a lot more um, was Tahara, which is, I believe it's an uh, American film directed by Olivia Peace. And it's about these two women in, or two teenage young girls, women. Young, young women, women, two young women in Rochester, New York, who are attend a funeral service for one of their former Hebrew school classmates. And I guess as part of that service, there's a component where the youth then have like a, a classroom setting where they have to discuss um, Judaism and, and grief. And yeah, so over, it's like a oh, talk back, right? It's like a yes. talk Yeah, exactly. So over the course of a day, these two young women, um, Carrie and Hannah, have to kind of confront the different layers of their of their friendship. And Hannah is very, very self-absorbed, while Carrie is more compassionate, caring, and she's starting to grow romantic feelings for Hannah. But Hannah's so self-absorbed that she doesn't even acknowledge that. But also, she doesn't even take the whole setting that you're at a funeral. Like, she's dreaming more about the boy that she likes and is very manipulative. So it's showing how these characters are learning to really face the reality of their friendship, but also how youth in general are often asked to process death and grief, especially when they may not have a particular connection to the individual that has died. So there's there's several layers working in this film, and I thought it was really well done. I think the, the script is, is fantastic, and um, Olivia Peace does an interesting thing with the film where she frames it in a very confined box, almost like um, Xavier Dolan's mommy, how you're, you're yeah. literally watching in that it, tape. It looked to me, framing. it looked to me like a cell phone. It mm-hmm. looked to me like, you know, someone was filming this, like it was uh, the point of view of how a teen would process something, even though the experience of that, as you said, of them processing the grief, they're not really, it's almost like they're not ready to process it, right? Yeah. They're processing so much more. And even um, to further that point, I loved how when they, because they're so social media obsessed and Instagram obsessed, when characters are introduced, you see their names pop up as if they were being tagged in an Instagram yes, post. Yes, right? I there's love a, that, yes. There's a lot of creativity that goes on in this film, and it, it really says a lot also to, I guess, on a cultural level, just about how the facades that we we put on daily, because even the, the teacher that is teaching them about grief is essentially wearing a facade, like a, a you know, you're supposed to process things this way and not and unwilling to really face the realities of the situations that they're in. Yeah, and, she's know, not bending. Yeah, she's not bending mm-hmm. to the realities of what 
the the kids are going through, which is they're having a hard time relating. They're having a hard time communicating. And it's almost like she's got this book, like she's been doing this, you know, for however many years. And it's like, well, this is how we do it first. We do this handout and, you know, and it's like, uh, that's not really a handout. It's not really going to help anybody with their grief. Um, and especially, you know, what I, I liked about the film was that it showed you how confusing of a time it is anyway, without the death of a classmate. It's a confusing time because, you know, the hormone, everybody's ruled by hormones and, and everybody's like navigating sexual desires. And then, you know, what Carrie starts to feel for Hannah is, you know, like, as you said, Carrie is so like clueless and self-absorbed. It's like poor Carrie is like left by herself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, you know, it's it, the film is showing like there's so much depth when it comes to showing you the experience and the, the different experiences of everyone, you know, um, and showing the adults as clueless is sort of like, is, is, is a good sign. It's like showing like for any of us adults, it's like, it's showing us, you know, you have to like take the cues from the kids, you know, if they want to communicate with you, they will give you certain clues and you, you need to pick up on those. Yeah. And it also shows how so much of their world is governed by their peers because outside of the teacher and a few parents, the adults are, are either silent or you you learn about the adults from the kid's point of view, whether it be fact or or rumor. And it's just, it's very interesting to see how the kids interact with each other. Like there's the two girls that are hysterical and always crying, but you realize that they were never actually close to the, the deceased girl to begin with, but they are putting on the act. And every, you know, you have the people yes. that, just are care about stone getting stoned and um, watching flat earth conspiracies and it's you know it's a, it's a very interesting dynamic a lot of the side characters we don't get too much in depth um time with but the film does such a good job of showing us their character traits that you still feel like you've got a well-rounded view of all the different types of fractions that are are at this hebrew school yeah, so I, I, yeah really, I really like um... Yeah, I really liked it too, also because it felt authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, it took me back. And, you know, there was, you know, the clueless, self-absorbed one. And, you know, and and that, you know, the two that you mentioned that were, you know, hysterical. It's it's almost like they were doing that for show because they're also the ones answering all the questions in that talk back, right? Giving all the right answers. And, you know, the, and the woman is saying, you know, I want to hear from other people besides these two. And it's like they are like going through through like trying to do their very best to stand out as we're the smart ones. We're the good ones. You know, we, you know, (laughs) but really the dynamic between Carrie and Hannah, I think is so important. Yeah. And since we're on the topic of coming of age films, you saw Bean. Do you want to say a few words on that? Yes. Beans. Uh, It hasn't been released yet, um, but uh, the next wave festival is showing it. Um, and you know hurry up and get tickets i don't know if it's sold out yet but it should be so beans showed at the the film festival the tiff uh 2020 festival and it's um tracy deers i think it's her first um narrative feature 
Tracy Deer is known. She's a young filmmaker. She won the Emerging Talent Award at TIFF. Um, but it's her first narrative and it focuses on, it, it actually is based on her own experiences during the Oka crisis in 1990. And it focuses on two girls, but mostly the oldest girl, like this family, this um, mother and two girls. Um, and the 12 year old is like our main for focus because, um, so what happened in the Oka crisis, right? Was um, the indigenous, you know, people had to, to react and, and we saw what happened with the crisis, but we, I don't think any of us really, or maybe I was too young and clueless at the time, didn't really take into account how uh, the community, the white people around um, the Mohawk, Mohawk people in that area, how the, the white community, how, inter, how much they interacted together and, you know, what they were a community together so that everybody went into town to the same stores and everything. So when the crisis happened, how all the white people um, just started getting turning on everyone and how nasty it got. And then, of course, you know, when the, when the crisis heated up with the authorities coming in and the violence and stuff. And all of this is from the point of view of this 12 year old. And, you know, talk about, you know, navigating all sorts of things at that age, you know, just in the process of growing up. Uh, she's got to navigate the pressures of growing up, right? And she's dealing with this outside uh, force. And Tracy Deer is so incredible in a way that she, because it's from their point of view, in the way that she puts us right in the heart of the experience of these girls um, and some of the awful things uh, that Indigenous people had to endure during that time, coming from, you know, their neighbors, their white neighbors. Um, you know, it's a very, very powerful film. And, and also, like, just going back to the pressures of growing up, I mean, all of that is... Her, her own experiences are exacerbated by the by that. But, you know, you get things like a very familiar trope, at least when I was growing up, which, which was like, you know, trying your best and, and your community, your family, like trying to push you to like do your best, be be good in school, do this. Right. And uh, and yet it's so easy to fall into the influence of the bad girl in class. You know, and especially when that's exacerbated by the fact that you're the, the community at large is telling you there's something wrong with you, that you're, you know, that you're wicked and evil and you're the enemy when you never were the enemy. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's an, it's an incredible film and you know, I can't, can't wait till it comes out so that, you know, there's more discussion about this, but it's a phenomenal film. It's like one of the best films of 2020 in my books. Oh, it means, yeah. Excellent. And I would also recommend, since, you know, you're talking about a film about um, conflict and the way how communities um, view people, I would recommend the documentary Unapologetic that is yes. playing. Yes, And yes. it's by director Ashley O'Shea. And it looks at two young women who are prominent in Chicago's um, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, uh, their particular organization, I believe it was called BYP 100, and they... Black Youth Project, yeah. Yes, Black Youth Project, and they focus heavily on 
protesting the injustices that are affecting the community, especially at the hands of the police. So this film really looks at how these two young women, you know, despite having to deal with just, you know, education, you know, one's a PhD candidate, the other one's student moving on to the, the next level of schooling. On top of all those stresses that normally come, they're helping to lead movements and protest and holding the police accountable when the city and the police seem not to want to be held accountable. Like everyone uses Chicago as an example of, oh, crime and, you know, why is everyone focusing on policing and not focusing on the violence in Chicago? Whereas this film shows that there is a correlation between how the policing is being handled in Chicago and the, the violence that's erupting in the community and how the lack of accountability has a huge ripple effect. And one of the things I, I love about this film is it not only highlights the the struggle that I guess has been going on for decades in the sense that Black women are often asked to shoulder and help mm -hmm. save a community. We, we saw it with the election, how everyone was praising Stacey Abrams. And it's like, yes. you know, Black women are constantly having to essentially save America from itself. Yes. But, but not getting the respect um, that they deserve for it. And you not know, getting the, the attention and that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And this film does a good job of, of holding a lot of people accountable. It's not, you know, just that the police system is not working and not listening to the black women, but they're also, she also they also hold the black men accountable for, yeah. for not standing up for the women, not standing up for the LGBTQ community, right? And showing how if you let one side of the community falter and be perpetually persecuted, everyone will still be stuck in that vicious cycle of, of persecution. So yeah, it was very, very well done. I thought it does a good job of highlighting these two women and just the hard work that these organizations are doing and, and thankless work because you see some of these individuals on the other side, like the mayor, which was Rahm Emanuel at the time, I believe he went on to like work in the Obama administration. There are certain officers that resign before any punishment is happening. So it's like this perpetual fight against a system that is strategically making sure that they cover themselves first before focusing on the community. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, when it comes from the point of view of these two, these two women, young women, um, it, it, it felt like beans in a way. It felt like the documentary, a documentary, like offshoot of the way beans was presented because, you know, we're, we're seeing everything from their eyes and from their point of view. And it's really eye opening to focus, you know, it, I, I really applaud the filmmaker for like focusing so well and giving us their point of view because, you know, they're sympathetic, they're, they're, they're inspiring women. Um, and, and then we can see so much based on, they're, they're incredible. Like mm -hmm. just the, the eloquence and the passion and the, you know, you couldn't find two more interesting documentary subjects, these, these, um, the can they're so candid. I appreciated the candor, the eloquence, the you know they express themselves so well and so passionately. And you know it's sort of like how can anyone come away not looking at things differently, more deeply, yeah. you know, more thoughtfully after watching this documentary? So yeah. unapologetic. Yeah, it definitely gives you a, a lot to to think about, and it it really does help to reframe the, the conversation about 
Chicago because uh, it's often, as I said, it's often used as a scapegoat to try and quell the conversation. But they're showing here how the community is standing up for each other. It's just people aren't listening when they really mm -hmm. should. But do you they, find that, you know, this point of view, the insights that they provide is can also be like in general, not oh, just yeah. in Chicago, right? Oh, yeah. No, I think it's a very, it has very much a universal um, appeal. Like what's happening there is happening all over the world. We see it here in, in Toronto. You know, they there's, they talk in the film about how the police budget is 40% of the city's budget, right? And, you know, here in Toronto, there was talk of defunding the police by 10% and putting that money to help create and build other programs. And there was a lot of pushback from our I mayors. And, and like, you know, but when we actually look at the numbers of what the budget is and how much 10% actually is, it's, it's very minuscule, but instead they decide, no, we're going to put even more money into, yeah. a, into a flawed system. So yeah, it's, it's very much a film that will um, speak to you no matter what part of the, the world you're, you're in. Mm -hmm. And no matter what age. Exactly. Yeah. All these films are definitely for, for all ages. Um, the next one I would recommend, and it's, it's very much a, a lighter tone is a film called summertime and it's by carlos lopez estrada and he was a direct he directed a film called blind spotting um, a few years ago that was really good that starred david diggs from from hamilton and this is another one that's set in la and this one is pretty much like a altman-esque love letter to los angeles so over the the course of a day or so the film follows like 25 different young people in um, Los Angeles and everyone from friends who are at a restaurant and one guy wants a burger, but the restaurant's a very chic restaurant. And he kind of goes on this quest looking to get a burger and slowly talking about like the gentrification of, of LA, you know, through the lens of wanting to get a burger. There's these rappers on the street who want to be famous. There's, um, a guy who does tagging graffiti art <clears throat> and you know the, all these different people that intersect and even briefly sometimes it's just like a minute that they cross paths and then you're following the next person that they they cross but the film uses art heavily to to give you the the feel and texture so you know it talks about or focuses on like for example graffiti art the murals that all plaster over los angeles and how they tell a story uh, one woman stands up for a lesbian couple by doing this spoken word poetry on the bus to a guy that's basically telling this elderly lesbian couple that they shouldn't be showing affection in, in public. Um, there's rap music, there's people singing, like art is flows throughout this film and art kind of shows how it brings Los Angeles together and gives it its own unique identity. Uh, it's not a, a deep film by any means. It's It's very much just amusing little vignettes slice of life um, I, I do wish that the film had maybe focused on a few characters a little more instead of just this kind of wide um, brush of, of Los Angeles but I, I still understand what he's doing and, and it's it, it works for if you want just an amusing little slice of life type of film yeah and I, I like the fact um, I want to check that one out because I like the fact um that it references so many different kinds of arts because I think that that actually brings a society together doesn't it mm -hmm. it gives you a, oh, like a really interesting picture so I want to see 
how that comes together. Um, yeah, and it is sometimes nice to just sit back and just watch how things connect, flow together, interweave, you know, separate. It's like waves, I guess. Yeah, and it's just the... Uh, so I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, and the, and the, you know, again, you see like people's insecurities. Like one woman is stalking her ex-boyfriend who was a who's a podcaster and his he and his podcast partner who's a woman um are out and about in the city and so she's stalking them and she's talking about how she wishes she was you know more model-esque and prettier and was drinking like kombucha drink and all these kind of really and she's she's super thin you know she's an attractive woman and all right but just this weird insecurity but then through that insecurity she's also expressing a a kind of hipster side of of LA yeah. right like you get yeah. the different <laughs> pockets so it, it's 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 a fun film I think every once in a while you just need a film that that makes you smile and you know warms the heart as you're watching it okay good catch you next time thanks yep. for listening <laughs>